It made a good target, said Queenie, adding in an almost boastful tone, and I hit the latch string ten times out of ten. That's not anything to brag about. Why, it's a perfect skull, said Queenie, surprised that he was not impressed. And Cravey Mason only hit it twice. That's what the fight was about. He owed me a nickel that we bet on it. I know all that, said Mr. Hanley. And I'm ashamed of you for throwing rocks and for gambling on it. And for fighting afterward. And I was ashamed of you on Monday when you hid in that tree and dropped a handful of china berries on Miss Shelby's head. Queenie said matter-of-factly, I didn't know it was her. I thought she was one of those prissy senior girls. But you don't understand, said Mr. Hanley. You shouldn't climb trees at 13. Well, you're almost grown. Look at yourself. You're as tall as a woman. Taller than some, said Queenie. But you behave childishly. You know you shouldn't surprise anybody in the schoolyard by suddenly dumping china berries on them. He smiled and added pleasantly, even prissy senior girls. But his voice became sterner when he named other reasons for her being sent to his office in recent weeks. It's a terrible list of incidents, he concluded. Instead of appearing ashamed, Queenie looked him square in the eyes and said, You left out one or two. Mr. Hanley shook his head. I don't want to expel you. Your teachers tell me you have a keen mind and that when you take an interest in your studies, it's a pleasure to have you in a class. But why do you misbehave so much? Queenie didn't answer, and he added, Very well. That'll be all for now. She got up to leave and was at the door when he called out, Oh, one more thing. Someone from the courthouse left a message that Judge Lewis wants you to come by there after school. Judge Lewis was the district judge who was in Cotton Junction for the fall term of court. He came every October for a few weeks. What does he want? asked Queenie. I don't know, but I'd suggest you make it your business to drop by and find out. Yes, sir, I will, said Queenie, her voice, even her facial expression seeming less defiant. Mr. Hanley looked at her. And if you think of anything that I can do to help you behave yourself, I wish you'd let me know. Queenie scowled. I don't care what you do about me, she said. I don't care about anything. And she turned and walked away. She expected him to call her back, but he didn't. And she was sorry she hadn't said something sensible, except she had said, I don't care for so long and about so many things that she sometimes believed it herself. So she put one hand on a hip and walked down the hall, whistling just loud enough to attract attention as she passed open classroom doors along the way. After school, she went directly to town, where she saw Persimmon Gibbs and Floyd Spear standing in front of the drugstore. Both boys were a year younger than Queenie and in the seventh grade. They hung out in town most of the time because Persimmon's mother and father operated the cafe next to the post office and Floyd's parents had a dry goods store. Let's go back of the stoves and shoot marbles, suggested Persimmon. No, said Queenie. I've got to go up to the courtroom and see what old Judge Lewis wants with me. We'll go too, said Floyd, telling them to wait a minute while he told his folks where he was going. Persimmon could go anywhere without asking, but Floyd always had to get permission.
A minute later, he reappeared, followed by his younger brother Delco, who wanted to watch court in session also. The four of them crossed the street, cut through the flower beds of the courthouse square instead of keeping to the walks, entered the rear door of the building, and went up one flight of stairs to the big courtroom. The back of it was crowded, and Queenie and the boys made their way to the vacant front bench. There was no one in the witness chair, and the judge was speaking to twelve men sitting off to one side. What's happening? whispered Delco. The judge is charging the jury, answered Queenie. Listen and find out. Judge Lewis continued talking to the twelve men. And the defendant is accused then of unlawfully and with force and arms, feloniously breaking into the storehouse and taking therefrom forty cottons of cigarettes, an unknown quantity of headache powders, and a case of castor oil. <laughs>